Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice that you'll ever need. This is episode 16, and if you just found us, first of all, thanks for doing that. And after you finish this one, you can jump into our previous episodes and have a good old binge, any order you like. They all work as standalone features, but make sure you have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be really grateful. And subscribe as well, that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop You'll be right up to date. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or Spotify, for instance, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, last time we looked at green mortgages and we're staying at home this time too, not in a lockdown sense as such, but with mortgages and in particular, getting mortgage ready. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How's things? Good, thank you. I, I saw we were going to be chatting this. And automatically thought you're on to a winner because in loads of previous episodes, we've been talking about lenders having cold feet in this time of uncertainty and sort of taking the, the lower deposit mortgages off the market. So I'm assuming when they eventually do become a bit more confident about things out there again and they start reintroducing these products, there's going to be like a, a mad rush for them. And being mortgage ready as a customer puts you one step ahead of the pack, I guess. It definitely does. I mean, it, it's good with a few few good sort of things to go through today but it's all about getting ready so that when you are looking to move home or buy your, your first home you're in a good position and well placed for, for that and I mean just over the last wee while we've been really busy with my, my work I, I own a business Phil Anderson Financial Services we, we do probably about over 400 mortgages a year and lately it's just been out the door yeah. um, we, we've been really busy with mortgages this year. One of the things, I was looking at a home report for, for somebody just earlier in the, the day, and one of the things that the surveyor said was that the local market's seen an increase in activity following the COVID-19 lockdown period. Yeah. And it certainly has. That There's an awful lot of people wanting to, to kind of buy property, but the hardest thing is that the lenders are still being quite restrictive with their, their criteria is changing quite frequently. Um, and also, as you say, you mentioned the, the higher loan to value mortgages, the ones where you don't need so much of a deposit, um, they, they're kind of a bit harder to get. But I, I, well, it'll be interesting to see, like hopefully in the next year, um, we're, we're almost like 2021. And I, I think as, as we get into next year, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how the, the property market goes and Hopefully, we'll start to see more lenders come back with, with different options and, and more higher loan-to-value products. Interesting. Um, just purely anecdotally, just uh, in the village where I live, um, one of the, my, my friends put his house in the market. You're saying that it's, it's been sort of crazy busy. He put his house in the market, and admittedly, I would have said it's priced to sell. But he yeah. put his house in the market on Friday and had a written offer by Tuesday. Uh, okay. And the, the couple that have bought the house from him, they're in Gordon. Um, yeah. one of their, their neighbours had had their house in the market for over two years and they thought, well, if it's going to take that long to get any sort of interest, we better just put ours on speculatively yeah. um, and, and see. And theirs went super quick as well, which enabled them to make the offer that they made on, on my friend's house. So it is moving in certain areas. Um, I know, it, it is always really a, busy. Like a, I know, always a bit of a domino effect because once one person sells, that's the yeah. thing to buy somewhere else. And it is, if we get... Like, for example, first-time buyers, if, if mortgages were a bit easier for them, that would have a bit of a domino effect on the, the yeah. whole market. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're getting mortgage ready, Phil. What do we need to do? I, I would say that the first protocol should be getting your finances in good shape. Lenders will review your situation when they're, they're looking at a, a mortgage application. 
and they'll be assessing your ability to make the, the repayments on a loan. Um, so in this episode, we're, we're sharing some top tips for really for standing yourself in good stead. I, I'd say the first thing that I, I, or the first sort of tip would be to save. So to improve your chances of being offered a, a mortgage on favourable terms, save as much of a deposit as you can. The more deposit you, you have, the more lenders that opens up to you. Generally, the more lenders you've got, the better interest rates you, you should have available. Um, so what I would say is open up like a, a dedicated savings account. Keep that separate from, from everything else you've got. Um, and try and make sure it's paying a competitive interest rate, which I know is hard just now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the banks aren't really, like on, on your savings, the interest rates are really quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd probably say to consider things like cash ISAs. You, you tend to be able to get a slightly better rate than that on, than on some of the instant access accounts. Um, the other benefit with cash ISA is that it, it's tax-free yeah. as well. So I, I think if you keep your savings separate, it's... It, you're hoping then that you're not going to dip into it for, for yeah. things. I know like by myself, I, I've got a separate savings account from a normal current account and any money that goes in that, I don't touch unless it was an emergency and then, then I, I would look to, to use that. But mm. so, so having a separate savings account, but also try and get as, as good an interest rate as you can. Every little helps. I think the, the thing about ICEs as well, and we've covered these before, is uh, it's, it's not always... And this is a good thing, the way that I'm saying it. It's not always easy to get money out of an ISA, is it? I mean, you have to sort of usually wait for a while and uh, and, and apply to get money out of your ISA. Yeah, some, so that's quite handy in this instance. I know it is. Some, some of the companies will maybe do like a 30-day notice account, 60-day yeah. notice, 90-day notice. Um, you, you will get instant access accounts. But quite often you find if, if you're opening, let's say, an online cash ISA with, with somebody to, to get money out, you need, if it's a local bank you're with, you might just walk in and start going to take money out. But it is sometimes having that maybe like a 30-day notice account, you might need to pay much more interest, but at least you know you kind of just dip in and, and yeah. take it out willy-nilly. Okay, so uh, tip number one then is save whatever you can uh, towards uh, a deposit and maybe use an ISA. That's a, one of our, yeah. our suggestions. Yeah. Okay, next up on the list, check your credit score. Why is that important? Checking your credit score, I mean, it, I would say a good credit rate and can help you secure a better mortgage deal um, with a lower interest rate. To, to improve your credit score, um, ensure things like you're on the electoral roll, make sure you're paying utility bills on time, paying off your credit card balance in full each month helps your, your credit score as well. One thing that I've found in the past is that some people can actually have not, they, they maybe don't have any credit. I, I've mm. found... You maybe get a young couple coming in for a mortgage. They've no loans, no credit cards. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their credit score can actually be low because they've no credit at all. So the lenders have got no evidence of them actually paying anything back. So sometimes if, if you've no credit, it's sometimes good to, to look at taking out maybe a credit card. But I, I would always say try and pay it back each month. You don't want mm-hmm. to be hit with, with big um, interest rate bills. A good place to, to look if you want to see your, your credit file, I, I use a website called Credit Karma. Um, it's free. So I, I can go on there. I, I had I got a no- notification the other day and it said a soft search had been carried out. But I think that was, I'd been inquiring just to, to try and see about rates for loans. Um, right. And when it came up, it, they actually had carried out a soft search 
and I, I got an email from Credit Karma saying that there'd been a change on my report. So they, they're quite good. The only downside with them is I get bombarded with all these offers, uh, loans, credit cards. They, they'll they get paid for the companies for yeah. all these crews that they've got. There, yeah, their assumption is you check it. Nothing for nothing. So although it's yeah. a free website to me, that I suppose the pain is that I have to endure these emails like saying, oh, we can do this, we can do that. Um, another one that, that I would advise or recommend to people is uh, a website called checkmyfile.com. And now it, it's free for the first 30 days and then you have to pay for it after that. But where, where it's quite good is the four main credit reference agencies. It actually shows your report for all four of them. So that, that's quite a good thing. That, that one's probably better when you actually come to applying for a mortgage because one thing that you'll find is some lenders will use, say, Experian, that's one of the credit reference agencies, and then others may use Equifax. So it's it's all trying to say, right, what's on your file um, with, with each credit reference agency, what's going to come up when the lenders do their, their checks. Again, that's where a good mortgage advisor would know all of these sort of things mm-hmm. and be able to help you. I, again, I, I've, I've written articles in the past on ways to try and improve your credit score and that that'd probably be a good podcast for us to do yeah. at some point as well but thing, things just as simple as being on the voters roll so the lenders can see oh yeah they're at that property that all impacts and gives you a better credit score as well okay um we did say there uh, if you're one of these couples that um you only spend what you can fold it might be an idea to just have a, a small credit card uh, and pay it off every month. Use it, yeah, respo- it. extremely responsible, responsibly so you um, you can uh, get that credit score up a little bit. Okay, Phil, so saving um, and checking well, your credit score. On credit cards, the interest rates are expensive, so you do want yeah. to be kind of paying them back each month if, if you can. Yeah. Saving, checking your credit score. Uh, next on the list for getting mortgage ready is budget. Yeah, I, I'd say with, with budget, review your income and outgoings um, if you have accounts, membership subscriptions that you, you no longer use, close or cancel them. I mean, I, I know I've came across folk that's still paying for maybe gym memberships that they, they never go to the gym. I, I've came across, I, I'd want, I, I've seen people paying two house insurance policies in the past. They never realized that they already had cover in and they maybe thought one was buildings insurance and one was maybe contents, but it turned out they're both Buildings and students, I've, I've seen that. If, if that happens, you can actually claim half your premiums back from, from both companies. I, I had another one, somebody that had been paying mobile phone insurance to a company for a mobile phone that they got rid of years ago. Again, I think they got a refund of money on, on that as well. But prospective lenders are going to look at any debts that somebody has. They're also going to look at things like their current account to make sure that that's in credit and see if they've they've any overdrafts. They're going to look at what savings somebody's got. So again, it might make sense to to pay off loans and credit cards, but you you always need to have enough money there for for emergencies as well. One one really good tip I got on budgeting a number of years back was from somebody, and he said, he goes, on on a bit of paper, write down, like, say, all all the ins and outs that that you've got. And then he's like, right, think about what you want. So you might think, right, I want this house. So you think, right, I'm going to have to, to save. And it's like, right, what are you going to give up to get there? And, and that's the thing. Sometimes you have to give things up to get what you want. So um, th- there's a couple of good exercises that people can do with, with that. And 
It is, but budgeting so so important. But I, I come across all the time people who are paying money out for things. I, I've been guilty of it myself. You maybe take out an Amazon Prime subscription. <laughs> I was just, I was, I this is what just I what I was going to say to you. I was gonna, this. This is going to be the new one, right? Have you, have you done this thing where you've gone and you've watched a show and you'll watch like maybe three three seasons, yeah. and then it'll say seasons four and five are available on Amazon Prime with Sundance Now, and you think what's Sundance Now? I'll tell you what Sundance now is. It's an extra seven quid a month. And you go and watch seasons four and five, and then you forget to switch it off. And that's what they're, yeah. they're banking on. So you're paying out eight quid. I mean, it's only eight quid, I know. But it's eight quid that could be your, your pocket and not theirs. So it seems well. I mean, I'm, I'm saying here, like, that, that credit reference agency, check my file. I mean, it, it's free for 30 days. But a lot of people will sign up for it with the intention of cancelling yeah. it. And then they forget. And then all of a sudden it maybe comes off. And if you're not checking your bank account regularly, it's easy to kind of, like, not everybody will thoroughly go through their bank statements and say, right, what's this? Mm-hmm. What's that? But it is, budgeting is, is such an important thing, not just for, save for, for a mortgage, but just in life in general. Yeah. Uh, next, you called this bit, time is of the essence. Why is that? Yeah, I, there's a couple of bits to, to this. Um like during lockdown, many lenders withdrew their, their high loan-to-value mortgage products. So that was the ones where typically you only maybe needed a 5 or 10% deposit. Many lenders, they are returning to the higher loan-to-value market. But sometimes, if you're a serious mover, you sometimes need to move quickly because they, there's some lenders, they might only have a rate available for three days I've actually seen some lenders say, right, we're going to introduce a 90% mortgage product, but it's only available this Friday because they've got limited tranche of funds for that money. So sometimes you have to really, time is sometimes of the essence where you really need to move quickly. Another example of where time is of the essence is things like in in Scotland, we've got the, the first home fund. Now, funding for that comes out in April each year. Now, for the current tax year, so in the, the 2021 tax year, the funding's all been used up. But the Scottish government have announced that there will be more money in April next year. Now, I think it, it run out, I think it was about October this year. Um, it was around about October or November that the money run out. So that tranche of funds for anybody buying under this first home fund scheme actually ran out so again that's where time is of the essence but mm-hmm. that, that's where somebody's if, if they're using a mortgage advisor they can keep them right with yeah. with all of that sort of things so that's that's something uh, a reason that we're doing this as well is, is sort of to make ourselves as attractive a proposition as possible in the eyes of a lender to get ahead of that mob yeah. right yeah it's, it's trying to give people tips to say right what can you do to be in a better position when you go for a mortgage but also what do you need to look out for at that point where you maybe are sort of look in and, and things like like these these like the first home fund scheme's great. It, it helps first time buyers. Again, that's another podcast we can do at some point soon. Um, probably neither April time once the funding becomes available again yeah. we'll do one on that with all the ins and outs of the, the first home fund. But it is it's trying to be on the ball so you can start to say, right, I'm ready. I want to buy next year and have it ready that you can apply for that funding and then take it forward quickly after okay. that. Finally, on our, our list for this week, it's an obvious one, but equally one that we try to hammer home incessantly on this show, and that's get some good advice, Phil. Definitely. I mean, I, I would say, like, with, with a mortgage, you want to get the most suitable deal that's available for your circumstances. 
I would always recommend to people to use a mortgage broker or an independent financial advisor that does mortgages. Not not all financial advisors will get involved with, with mortgages, but yeah, definitely use a mortgage broker. They've got their finger on the pulse when it comes to the mortgage market. And just now things are changing so rapidly. I know, I mean, one mortgage advisor I know, I know he's pulling his hair out at times because things are, like the lender's criteria is changing quite regularly. So yeah, use a mortgage broker and get some good advice is, is definitely a, a good tip there. Okay, each week so far as uh, we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. I wonder if you've got one here, Phil, about getting mortgage ready. Yeah, I mean, like for, for getting mortgage ready, I mean, I, I remember when I purchased my first house, it cost me £39,000. I needed a 5% deposit at that time, which was nearly two grand. And then I had the solicitor's fees. And I know how hard that was for me to save, say, about two and a half to three thousand pounds back then because I wasn't earning an awful lot. So I've I've been in that boat myself. So I know exactly what it's like for first time buyers just now because they're needing bigger deposits. You're often looking at needing ten or fifteen percent deposit. So I, I really sympathise with with people. Um, I, I've been in that position myself, and it is it's it's tough. But if you want something bad enough. Like I said earlier, sometimes you've got to make sacrifices to, to get what you want. This is uh, this is back in the time, Phil, when you know high street lenders were actually uh, competing to get you to take their mortgage as opposed to you trying to find one. I remember uh, buying my first flat in Aberdeen, um, and it was it was just down from Charlie's. It was uh, on Strawberry Bank Parade. Yeah. And I went to uh, a, a financial advisor um, and he was good pals with a person that was running the mortgages at the TSB. They were offering cash back to buy furniture, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the incentive. So they offered you about, I think it was two and a half, three grand if you took a mortgage with them. And what they did was they flipped it so that they said, right, uh, we'll give you the three grand. That'll be, that will be, if you give it straight back to us, that will be your deposit. <laughs> And, and and you have a mortgage. And that, yeah. that literally was how I got on the, the property ladder. I remember Northern Rock used to do 125% mortgages. Why so was what happened, you, you got a 95% mortgage and the rest was like an unsecured loan, but over 25 or 30 years, however long you were taking the mortgage. Oh. And, and with that, with, with 125% mortgages, some savvy folk, what they were doing is they were borrowing the 100% to pay for a house and they were borrowing the 25%, the, the extra money, to put down as a deposit on a buy-to-let mortgage. So it was just crazy. And it, it was just nuts. But, oh, man, it's changed days now. Really I mean, can you imagine first-time buyers listening to this and thinking, that you, you, you guys are making this up. You know, th- know. This, this didn't happen. Anyway, we'll do this bit as well. You find inspiration through, through various people you admire, Phil, and you love to get a quote. Have you got one that fits this one? Steps to take... Yeah, quote, quote this week is from Alexander Graham Bell. He was the chap that invented the telephone. I, I didn't know, but he also co-founded AT&T. Um, they're the world's largest telecoms company. I, I didn't know that, but um, the quote of the week this week is, before anything else, preparation is the key to success. Oh, well, there you go. AT&T, I, that's what it stands for. Alexander, Trevor and Tracy. No, not really. I didn't I, know I, that either. <laughs> I'm just making that bit up. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, so to summarise in this episode, what's our takeaway, Phil? Yeah, I'd say the takeaway this week is, is check your ins and outs. See, see what you've got coming in. Make sure you're not paying for, for anything 
that, that isn't needed. I'd probably say the biggest takeaway this week is to speak to a mortgage advisor. Um, most, or, or certainly a mortgage broker, I mean, the, the banks have still got some mortgage advisors working there as well. But if, if you go to a mortgage broker, they're researching the whole mortgage market for you. But the, the other good thing as well is that most will do a free initial consultation. Mm-hmm. So, so at that, they can say to you, right, look, this is how much of a deposit you'll need. This is how much you can borrow. This is what your monthly payments are going to be. So I, I would definitely say the big takeaway this week is if you are thinking about buying a property, speak to a mortgage broker. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, then please do. Uh, and we can always ask him anonymous, anonymously if you want us to. Let's get on to this week's. Our first question today comes from Rita in a Boyne, who's asking about pensions. Now, we, we've had a lot of these, Phil, and I've focused on Rita because her question sort of gets to the heart of most of the others. She's at an age where she can access her pension and admits it would come in handy to, to supplement her income right now, given the backdrop of 2020. But she reckons she could also just about squeeze by without it. Um, should she stick her twist? Should she try and hold out or, or top things up? I guess, like, if someone can afford not to take money out of their pension, then, then you would say the best advice would be not to, to touch it. But one, one of the good things is you can take... You've gen- normally you've got like a access to a tax-free lump sum from your pension pot, uh, or certainly you do if it's a, a personal pension. That tax-free amount doesn't have to actually come out as a lump sum. You can actually draw that out regularly. Okay. So, so, so there is there's probably. I mean, you, you don't want to be suffering and, and struggling away when when there maybe is a solution. But in general, I would tend to say that if you have a pension and you don't need to access it. You're, you're probably then best to, to let that money grow and, and hopefully go up, although things can be up and down. It's now always going to go up. But over a longer period, you, you hope it would yeah. be so, rising. So, so not, not, not to the point where you're, you're uh, eking out meals over two nights as opposed to one, but, but yeah. uh, if you don't have so, to access it, then maybe just leave it be. Uh, some people do. They, they kind of suffer in silence and they, they think, oh, I don't want to touch that. But every, everybody's different, I guess. Yeah. Next up is Gary Inverness. Now, Gary owns a few retail properties, which he's not leasing at this moment in time. Uh, and he thinks it might be quite some time before they're occupied again. His, uh, his question is, you know, if, if he changes what's in them, you know, if he puts in a charity shop, for instance, or uh, if he changes the nature of the properties in general, is there anything he has to look out for, Phil? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that the one thing that kind of stands out to me there is, if, if properties are empty, sometimes if, if you've got buildings insurance on that property, that can the, the insurers quite often don't like it if, if places are empty. So I, I'd be going to your, your insurer and certainly saying to them, look, it's empty at the minute. Does that affect things? There are insurance companies out there that will insure a building if it's empty, whether it's a commercial premises or a residential premises. So I, I would kind of say just off, off the back of that, the, the one thing I would say to, to Gary is, go and, and check with your insurance company to, to make sure that if there was a claim on your building's insurance, that they would still still pay out. Okay. I mean, I, I'm assuming, you know, even though you know something is going to be uh, unoccupied for a while, you're not going to go do something daft like switch the electricity and the water off. I know, like, you, you would generally be saying to folk, like, tend to, I know when I've maybe had an empty property in the past, I've always kept, like, the heating on low, that, that yeah. sort of thing as well. So... But don't, but don't cut the whole lot. I know. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so I would say as well, if you've um, got a question that you think you should get in touch with, maybe take a look back uh, at some of our previous episodes because we've covered loads of topics now. And we, no, might- we did one recently on like yeah. home safe during yeah. the yeah. winter. Yeah, we might have touched on something that you're uh, that you're interested in. So have a look. That one, as you say, was uh, what to do uh, through winter to keep your property safe. So there, there may be something in there that's of interest. So you have a look back and see what you think. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else financial, find Phil for Finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for this podcast. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or you can just email him a question uh, for a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him that question and he could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please, like I say, be assured, we won't use your real name if you prefer us not to. Now, remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you read it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Have a great week.